what are the counterfeits of recovery? We're so glad that you're here because you're choosing to thrive in your relationship. Guys, welcome to The Betrayed, The Addicted, and The Expert, a Beyond Enough production. Hi, I'm Ashlyn, the once betrayed. I'm Kobe, the once addicted. And I'm Brandon, the expert. And he's definitely an expert. You've been working to help couples with their extreme challenges for like 15 years, right? Yeah, a long time. And I'm glad that I'm here with you guys sharing your vulnerable story. And I hope that it helps our listeners as well. Absolutely. And if you need some help getting started, we have a free resource over at beyond-enough.com forward slash step one. And that's one, the number. It provides the first key steps to healing your relationship, regardless of how tough things are right now. All right, guys, let's roll. We are going to cover both sides of that question right after I read this review here on iTunes. Thank you for taking the time to do that. This one is called Hope. I stumbled upon a recommendation in group I belong I belong to on Facebook for the betrayed and listened to one episode and I was hooked about a week after listening to several of your episodes I introduced you guys to my husband and we recently just got your program Shattered to Thriving. You guys have given us so much hope and helped us so much. My marriage is a work in progress, but we would be lost without the three of you. You are amazing and thank you so much for what you do. Um again, I'm going to say thank you, but also we're facilitators. We're giving you these tools and you're taking it and you're the one doing the work. So, um, yes, we're all a work in progress, but you guys are the ones doing, doing the work. So good job. Yeah. Nice work. Yes. Okay. So let's get going. Uh, This is an exciting topic for us, B. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's uh, kind of a tricky one to be honest with you. And, and maybe I'll give a little background as to how, how it's come up, you know, Ashlyn, Kobe, and I, we work in this field and (laughs) coaching people, doing therapy, running groups. Uh, we're, we interact with so many people who are in different stages of of the process of healing. And we also experience, um, their, their energy and, and where they're at in, in their life and, and the, the outcomes that they're getting, we, we see those things. And it, it kind of lends to this, this question of, you know, what, when, when I think of somebody in recovery, um, you know, what does that mean? What is, what is real actual recovery? And I'm not talking about what does it look like? I'm talking about what does it feel like? Which is that tricky thing that you're like, but what does Brandon mean when he says that? <laughs> so that what, somebody, you, you guys know some people in recovery, uh-huh. What do like, okay, Ashton, for you first, from the betrayed um, side of things, what is a woman in recovery? What is her energy like? Who, what, how, how, did, how, did, how does she kind of approach the world and, and what is her life like? Um, one, I have to say, I love seeing the shift happen mm-hmm. where they go from um, often for me and for so many, it's lots of finger pointing and my life is this way because of all these other factors. Right. And, uh, not a whole lot of, um, self-reflection, which I own. And so when I see women who are really living and feeling differently in recovery, they are taking inventory of their own actions each day. Um, they're slow to, uh, respond. And so they're not reacting in those, you know, fight or flight or whatever. Um, they're, they're th- being thoughtful and mindful of how mm-hmm. they want to show up in the world. They're taking care of themselves. 
they start to find their voice. And mm-hmm. so um, that can be fun and, and a little bit messy, but we go from maybe being a doormat to I'm honoring myself while also loving the people around me. And mm-hmm. that can look kind of mean sometimes, but it, it is a different feel um, to see a woman start to stand in her truth and to see and use her power. Um, Okay. So I'm going to regurgitate exactly what you just said, just in different words, just to to drive it home. Um, uh, You know, a a woman in recovery, uh, a person recovering from betrayal trauma, simply put, they're at peace. Uh, they, They have peace in their life. And they stand in their truths. They're they're healthily boundaried, and they are accountable, and they are empowered, and there's purpose in their life, and th- that's what you feel from them. What they're not is stuck. Uh, they're they're not stuck having that relationship dictate whether or not they're going to be happy or not. They're not stuck in a victim stance. They're not stuck in in the grieving process. They're not just stuck in the anger. They've worked through a lot of it. Um, they're there, you know, there, there's relief there that the, the weight has been lifted of the pain of betrayal and it's turned into a positive into their, in, in, in their life as they're going through the process. And, and it just, it's, it's awesome to feel and see somebody in that place, even though they've been through something very, very hard. Um, so Kobe, now I want to throw it past you. Um, a person who's struggling with addiction, they start to get into recovery this elusive thing, recovery, whatever it is, who are they? How do they feel? What does that look like? They have the energy of mindfulness. They have the energy of being aware of their environment, but also of self. They have an energy of curiosity of steadiness, of resilience, of being unflappable. And they'll still feel pain. They will still feel the sting of like of life and what they're going through, even if it's with their partner, but that they're undeterred. So I think that there's a very real, um, there's not a, a force that's involved in it, but it is a, it's a focus that, um, that, not a focus that drives them, but they have a focus that allows them to mindfully step through what is hard, despite how it feels. So there's a, there's very much a a measured increase of resilience to shame that they have. And there's also this, this really great self-awareness. So um, that is, is very Yoda ish. (laughs) They become Yoda. Seriously. (laughs) You have to become Yoda to be in recovery. That's what you guys It doesn't sound magical. At a certain point in time, your ears will grow (laughs) out and green. You speak weird. (laughs) Yes. And then you'll, you'll speak in riddles. But, but the truth is, is that those like you can, I can feel, I can feel it. Now that's not to say that someone in recovery isn't going to have a moment where they totally fall apart. I want to be really clear. Being in recovery does not mean that you won't have moments where the wheels come off, where you fall into shame, but it's your ability to, um, in a more expedited way, get grounded and work through Bounce it. back. Yeah. Yes, yes. In, in, in a much more efficient way without all the collateral damage. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm hearing, again, here's my regurgitation for you, Kobe. Steadiness, confidence, self-reflection, 
um, resilience, uh, and and ultimately all of those things. When 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 you know yourself and you live that way, you have peace. Mm-hmm. And and what you what you aren't is dishonest. Um, you're not a manipulator. You're 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 not trying to uh, be in denial or anything like that. You're just steady and vulnerable and confident. So um, these, these things sound wonderful. And, you know, you know, one thing you didn't say Kobe was sober. Mm. Um, interesting, huh? Because <laughs> there's is. an energy that can come from that. That is, that is, that has a very unique distinction. Well, you said something though. You said that a, a person in recovery can handle difficult things. Mm. And what that means is, is that if you're able to tolerate discomfort, then you're able to have some relapse prevention and, and sobriety because an, an, an addict acts out because they're numbing out the discomfort. Yeah. Um, sobriety is a byproduct of recovery. It, sobriety is not recovery, recovery. itself. And <laughs> wait, 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 say that again. Say that again. <laughs> yeah. We've talked about this before, but <laughs> sobriety is a byproduct of real recovery. Long-term sobriety happens to a, to a person who can handle the hard, who can love themselves regardless, who can be resilient, um, who accepts themselves and accepts others and is connected to, to, to themselves and others. Sobriety comes to that, to that man. Sobriety comes. Where it gets backwards, and we've talked about this before, is thinking you need to be sober enough in order to be uh, in recovery. Now, I realize when I say that, some people might be listening saying, well, yeah, sobriety is important. If my partner's acting out, then he's not in recovery. He's not a safe person. He's, sobriety is important, mm-hmm. but sobriety does not earn your recovery. And that's one thing to understand. Sobriety also doesn't earn your okayness. It, it has nothing to do with your self-worth. Sobriety does not earn you worthiness. Yes, Okay, Go but let, let me let me add let me add one thing on this because the, this thought has been persistent. That is, um, it's it's super important that everybody remembers this about about. Well, this is an example of of, of me personally. When I started recovery with you, Brandon, I was in your your foundations class. Um, I had only in two times in my life had I gone six months with you know, of, of being sober. Okay, and. And then I started specialized recovery. And I remember in month five, really being really anxious, really frantic, really worried. And just like, oh my gosh, can I actually get to six months? Can I actually get there? Right. And, and I actually probably started like month four, to be honest <laughs> with you. And I was just kind of like this like fear, yeah. nerve, this ball of like active nerves because I was so freaked out well, about and it. I was too. <laughs> And both, both of you are like watching this thing. Is it going to happen or yeah. not? Yeah. Yes. When's the next so shoe going to drop? Tension yes. there. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was palpable. I mean, you, I could, I remember just being just a basket case in groups so many times. And, and then once I got past six months for me, um, I think that's one of the, I, I think that's when I was able to um, let go of the majority of using sobriety as a measurement because I was so focused on these other skills, not just daunting, but the daunting part of it 
what yeah. was really front and center for me. It was really, it really freaked me out. There's no part of that energy that I had in those first six months that describes recovery. It can actually be counterproductive to it not, it can actually be, it is counterproductive to real recovery, which is yeah. if real recovery is connecting to yourself and having confidence in yourself and you're telling yourself a story that mm-hmm. if I, what I always say, if I don't touch my penis enough, then I'm good enough. Mm-hmm. Then, and, and you try really, 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 really hard not to do that. Yeah, totally. Well, you're actually feeding that same narrative that your worth is, is contingent on something and that you have to still prove yourself to get there. And, and so it's feeding that very root, that very core to the addiction that you are broken. You are not enough. Um, now, now I want to, I want to bring this back to the betrayed. We're kind of talking about both, both sides here. Um, you guys, am I going too far to say, and I'm going to say this, that (laughs) some therapy groups, some 12 step groups, um, even some therapists, uh, but, but really some 12 step groups can, can really support the shame, not recovery, but the shame Yes. Yes. That, no, you're not too so, far. <laughs> so let me, let me, let me answer that rather than just in a, in a word. Let me say that every 12 step group that I attended and they were in various cities, it was the, I could feel, I could feel the thick, just the thick fog of shame. In each of those meetings. Yeah. And there were some the, that were the energy there was just shame. Yes. Yes. And this was a, this is a, a traditional SAA. And this is a tradition, like an, like, and then various, you know, uh, offshoots or variations that we'll say. Okay. So, um, it was just, it was just, it's, it's remarkable. Just thinking back to him, it was like, Oh, wow. Well, how do you start a meeting? Hi, my name is Kobe. I'm an addict. So to me, that's uh, a bit of shame. Well, but but let me me play devil's advocate with this. Um, Isn't that just acceptance? There has to be a a certain level of of acceptance for sure. And then there is a very important line in the sand where you transition from acceptance rather than denial. And then you start going into self-fulfilling prophecy. (laughs) And and interesting. And, and I, I think that's, I think that's really, really key to understand because everybody has to understand my life is a wreck. <laughs> I'm powerless, right? As step one talks about, right? I'm powerless without the help of God in my life. And, um, and everybody has to have that, but the, there's a, there's an energy that's associated with, um, with repeating that sentence over and over and over. And for some people the- going daily, does do. it feel like Kobe that the the answer to recovery in these twelve step groups is to emasculate yourself? Is to, is to like show up weak? Is to is to like now now I I gotta say before I say anything more I gotta say I love the twelve steps I think they're powerful I think they're inspired I think they're awesome and I think some of the ways that the twelve step groups are run. Mm-hmm. Um, actually support emasculation and support shame and support 
you know, showing up weak in your life and not honest. And, and so, like you say, the collective energy of those groups many times is self-hatred and self-rejection. And a lot of it, some, some of these, you know, we're here in Utah, it's very conservative, rigid. Some of those groups feel like they, they're really anti- sex just in general just mm. sexuality is like just let's really just bad. shut down my whole my, all of my sexuality because it's bad and it's brought me so much pain let's just shut it down which yeah. you guys yeah. i know have seen people have to work through okay i'm gonna get myself into sobriety and now i have to work my way out of the narrative of sex is bad and it's hurt my life right yes exactly <laughs> so, so yeah i self-reject myself i tell myself that that my sexuality is, is so wrong and evil then i'll be good then i'll be a good boy and I won't act out anymore. Then I'll get my 90 day chip. Everybody will say, rah, rah, rah. You're amazing. You made 90 days. And then I'll relapse on day 91. Um, I, you know, I, I even know some, some guys who have gone to 12 step groups for years and years and years, and they have years and years and years of sobriety, but you know what they don't have? They don't have like real passion and intimacy in their relationship. Yeah. Um, they don't have healthy polarity between the masculine and the feminine because they are still compliers. They're still very weak in, in their relationships because they don't know who they are. They don't yeah. have the energy that we described at the beginning of the episode. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's not recovery. That's sobriety and, and like beating yourself up for years and years and years for long enough. Um, that's not real recovery. It's right. not what we're after. Okay. So I'm going to throw this out and we can then go into the counterfeits of, okay, now what? Um, we've seen a lot of people this year, 2020, who I'm guessing, you know, they've had, like you said, years of recovery. Some of them did, you know, impatient or they did a whole program um, for addiction and betrayal. Okay. They lived yeah. it for years, but 2020 okay. brought us into like, where, where are we really at? Right. What are our truths? What are our values? Um, what's important to us? What's not. And we found, um, sadly, a lot of people coming to us who said we were in recovery for seven years and then it's all been a lie. Um, because mm -hmm. to me, I look at it and think they were, they, a lot of them found this don'ting, they found sobriety and they didn't get to do the fun parts that we do in our shattered to thriving program. Like the two last modules of like, okay, now find purpose and find those ways to connect with each other and build something new Yeah. rather yeah. than just like, let's keep, let's, let's not do the things that we were doing, but there's no rebuild. Yeah. And I love so Ashton, I love what you're saying about our last two modules in Shattered to Thriving. Um, I think you bring up another counterfeit that's so common, which is, you know, a couple will say, or a person will say, I've been working recovery for five years. And if you dig into that a little bit, what you'll find is they've been going to therapy, paying a therapist for five yeah. years, or yeah. they've been sitting in a group for five years, but nothing is really better in their lives. Yeah. Um, so are they working a recovery? They're go sitting in on a meeting they're paying a therapist there. That's, they're not, they're, they're not working a recovery. Um, you know, I, I always use this example, but you could stand on your head once a day. And if that brings you peace and happiness and confidence and connection, then 
good for you. That's what you did to get it. Um, you know, so I just, I was, I was talking recently to somebody and she was saying, my husband's been so empathetic and so honest. And so just like consistent with me lately, but I just wish that he, he were in recovery. And I stopped and I was like, what are you talking about? Well, I just wish he were in recovery. Like I've never trusted him so much in my life. And, and he's, I'm like, what are you, what are you saying? She's like, well, you know, he doesn't like listening to your podcast. And I'm thinking like, it, does he have to listen to our podcast? Well, actually that listening to our podcast means recovery, right? <laughs> yes. That's the first thing. Just kidding. No. no, but do you guys get my point here? Yeah. 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 Well, and, and it sounds like her husband's probably doing a lot of things that so many girls I hear and work with, that's what they want. They want those things. And yes. that, yeah, those, that's, that's him living in his values and his truth and showing up for her and being in a partnership. And yeah, he might have trouble, trouble with sobriety, um, right. but you can have the opposite and have sobriety and have zero of those other tools to function as a partnership. Right. Yeah, I, I think I think listing if it's okay now, I, you two, I'd like to identify some of my counterfeits that, that, uh, counterfeits of recovery that, um, that I was in, that I exhibited, that I displayed, um, as you know, through the years. Um, so one of the, one of the counterfeits was, um, was me. And I, I mean, we started years ago, I was told to go to, to 12 step the first time that I actually faced this and put this, this addiction on the table. And I didn't know it was an addiction. They had to tell me that it was, but, um, I went to, I, I went to 12 step. I showed up and it just happened to be week one and I stayed and I was like, this is perfect. And I took my book and, um, every, and every week, but I would have Ashlyn say, are you going to go this week? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm for sure going, I'm for sure going, but I wouldn't ever tell her, but we just kind of had that like mentally <laughs> earmarked like that, that time that night. And that time was kind of mentally earmarked for, for me to go and I would go. And, um, as soon as I hit week 12, I was out. <laughs> I did it. So you worked out. all 12 steps in 12 weeks and you were done. And yeah, the best part was, was I did look at his book and I was like, wait, there's stuff you're supposed to be doing in here. And he's like, oh no. Years <laughs> later, she looked at it. She was like, because so I attended 12 I, meetings, like check <laughs> did yes. that. And, and I missed some of those actually, because I was out of town for work. But, oh. but the truth is, is that I took my book. I didn't do any of the work. I sat there and listened and I made sure that Ashlyn knew I was going to go yeah. and I made sure the therapist knew I was going. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. And, um, and I, I would save, I, I, I just it's all save to look a certain way. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because I was told this is what I needed to do. And then as soon as I was done with that, I made sure I told my church leader because they said, <laughs> they, you, you got to go. Then I made sure that I let him know, Hey, I finished. Like I, 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 I did that thing and he was like, okay, great. That's fantastic. Um, so that's an example of how <laughs> you're of, okay. of counterfeit. I know. Right. I, you know how good. many times, you know how like common this is. Uh, yeah. That's about? why it's yeah. laughable. Yeah, I know. And, and to us, I mean, we understand the process of recovery and what mm-hmm. recovery really is. And so we, we understand how ludicrous that is, how, mm-hmm. how nuts 
Yeah, that is. Yeah. Um, but we believed it. I mean, that's, I think, important to hear. Maybe you're hearing this and you're like, this is a hopeless episode. I'm doing these things. But the truth is, Kobe and I did these things. It's not saying if you're doing these things, you're doing it wrong. It's saying there's more. Based on my personal there's... experience, I got a lot of counterfeits for you. It's, I got it's, a lot of those. The counterfeits have everything to do with um, your heart. Is if, if you're, we, we've talked about this a lot. It, it used to be in one of our modules in our, in our workshop, but if your B is not in a place of recovery, then you're not going to find it. Um, if, if your, if your B is like what you just described, Kobe, what you were being was a c- compliant mm-hmm. manipulator to get other people to see that you were doing the right things. No, 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 That's no, what no. You're Brandon, was. I was really trying to go. I was going, I was committed. I did what I was supposed to do. I did what the expert and the church leader told me to do. <laughs> oh my God. Why is that bad? That's true, Braddon. What the crap? <laughs> well, uh, and I want, I want to address another part, uh, another counterfeit part is I, um, I've seen many times where a, a person goes to a therapist who's a little misguided and that therapist says, okay, this is what you do. You do this, 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 and this, and it's all this garbage. It's all this. And so the person says, okay. And they go and they do all the things that the therapist tells them to do. And what do you know? Their life doesn't really get better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's, what's interesting about that is they, they may be willing, they may be like, okay, I'm going to do what you tell me, but they're not something else. They're not confident enough to step up and say, I'm sorry, but this isn't working for me. Like yeah. the, I'm, I'm, I'm engaging in this process. We've been here for a while, but I'm willing to self-reflect and be honest with you that really this is not working for me. Yeah. And so which is hard, but it's been part of our process too, of saying, Hey, we need a new therapist. And, and it, I think it's probably obvious for other people looking, if they were going to therapy with us, they'd be like, you guys are wasting your time and money. But for us, it took some time to say we're wasting our time and money. Like we need to actually start. We need someone to push us. (laughs) I would say hang in there with the therapist for a while because Sometimes things get harder before they get better. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but after a while, if you're just drinking the Kool-Aid and following something that doesn't feel true to you and doesn't feel mm-hmm. congruent to your heart, then be willing to say this isn't working. Yeah. Um, so L- let me give you a couple other examples just yes, real quickly please. without lots of explanation. Um, I would, um, I would call my sponsor sponsor ish it was just my friend who also had the same struggles and i would only i would do it in this covert way of i'm not going to tell ashley i'm going to do it but i remember every morning on my way to work i would call my sponsor and uh is my friend but i would call him and i remember one time he called me early before like i was just walking out the door and i was like oh my gosh like i i have to go now and i do you remember that ashlyn like I, it was, was the most weird thing ever. It was the most awkward, uncomfortable thing because I wanted to talk with him. Why were you trying to hide it from Ashlyn? Because I just didn't want her to hear anything. Oh, I was like, oh my gosh, no, no, no. You can't hear anything. And so I didn't even want to like have the conversation with him, but I had him on the phone and I was saying goodbye and I was just rushed and I was just like uh, all wound up and anxious and worried. Right. And, and so for me, it was like, I was dutiful and calling him. 
but I did not talk about anything that was real. Well, it was and just like, when how they, you doing? Uh, when they relapsed, so it wasn't like, let's backtrack and figure out where we, where we need to maybe adjust some things. It was just like, I did it again. Dang it. Yeah. So it's like, yep, that sucks. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I, we'll I, I, talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> you just said, you just said dutiful. I think that's a big one is yeah. d- dutiful is not, is that's counterfeit. Yeah. The, the, the opposite of that is, is discovery is, so, so if I'm dutiful, I'm just doing it because I, I, I yeah, it's my duty. Totally. If, if, if you engage, if you go to therapy, you go to therapy group, you listen to our podcast, you do whatever. And it's about trying to find answers and discover and, mm-hmm. and figure things out. That's recovery. Well, I'm going to say it fit dutiful felt real for both sides for us, at least, because it was very much like, if I'm okay with God and our church, yeah, then we're totally. doing good. Totally. And that went both ways because, you know, that if I was showing up as like, I'm doing my part, then we were okay. Yep. Oh, but it didn't Ashton, have I'm, any, so, I'm so glad you brought that up. It had nothing to do with, am I okay? Yeah. <laughs> like, where's my relationship with God? It was more like someone telling me your relationship with God's good now because you're doing the things. Yeah. I see that with the betrayed so much is I'm going to go through the motions of what I should do. Mm-hmm. I should forgive. I should, you know, I should meet with my church leader and talk about this, or I, I should go to th- like, and, and I see, and sometimes the betrayed's heart is in a place of, I just want to do what's right so we can get past totally. this. But the, the, the real healing and the, the problem with that is sometimes that w- when you're caught up in just the duty mm-hmm. and that's what you're seeing, then you can kind of lose yourself sometimes and Mm -hmm. and not be able to say this is what's working for me this is what's not working for me this is what i need this is what i don't need so yeah yeah. yes um a couple others real quick i was i was i was independently operating in quote-unquote recovery activities but i was no closer to ashlyn Hmm. emotionally Mm -hmm. spiritually mentally and we did not we did not have conversations about anything that was anything that was related to recovery, addiction, anything. We didn't talk those things. So the, 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 the counterfeit to that was the way that that is a counterfeit is there was no connection and yeah. lots of shame, but there like, was, I'm yeah. doing all these things that make me feel really bad about myself and where we're at. Yeah. And so I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. The counterfeit was, is yeah, I wasn't, that is counter was it connecting. Yes. It's, it was just like doing it independent of her. It's interesting because I work, uh, sometimes I work hard with the betrayed to, to not jump in and hover over, um, the, the addicts recovery. Right. Oh yeah, and, we do it. and so, and so sometimes the, the betrayed, when I'm working with them, there's, they're kind of like, well, what, I'm not supposed to know anything. Um, and, and the truth is, is, um, a couple, um, if, if each one of them is working their recovery, then each partner knows a lot about recovery because recovery is exciting and new and you're discovering things. And so it's this real awesome opportunity for connection in the relationship. So it's not done out of fear, but it's done out of openness mm-hmm. and yeah. vulnerability and honesty yeah. um, with who you are and what's going on in your lives. So. Well, and that's, that was our first step into connection was when we figured out we could share and open up without the shame of 
oh, I learned this thing about myself or I'm, I'm acknowledging this thing. It was let's collect or connect intellectually about something we're learning about ourselves. Yeah. So it was kind of this recovery check-in, but not, yeah. um, you know, it was like, I'm learning, but it's connection. Learning. It's yes. connection based. It's not fear based. It's yeah. So it's that it's interesting how you handled it, Kobe, because it was, let me dutifully do these things, but then let me disconnect, let, let me show you that I'm doing it, but disconnect from you about doing it. Yeah. Yeah. There wasn't uh, any, there, and, and to be, I want to be really, really clear on this. There was no, um, there was no premeditated disconnection. Okay. We were already disconnected because of acting out and we would ebb and flow between being really disconnected because I was in the fog of shame or the fog of relapse and then just being regularly disconnected. <laughs> Does that right. make sense? We were uh-huh. awesome. <laughs> we were, we would just, it, it would be really sucky and then it would suck a little bit less. Well, sucky and suck a little bit less. And so we began to think that suck a little bit less felt was good. Really good. It was like, <laughs> yeah, oh, freak, we're back yeah, to suck wow, a little less. This is great. <laughs> so when we really started understanding what life could be, we were like, Oh, we, we wasted a lot of time. A thing or two. I know, I know. But but when you that when that when that's taken away and you can see it and feel it, it's like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, this is it. The the best indicator of recovery on both sides is that you that you have healthy attachment and and so that you can create intimacy. So that's the best indicator of recovery from both sides because both both partners can be compassionate and empathetic and open and honest. And so that's, that's amazing what that creates when you create that together. It feels really good. Yeah. Um, counterfeits for me, I'm going to say, I mean, a lot of the same stuff I was for me, counterfeit was just micromanaging Kobe. So it didn't feel it was Uh different than control before, because once we were like going to group and therapy, it felt right. And it felt good but it was bringing zero safety and connection for me to like make sure he was doing his things. Right. Um, a lot of the things we don't even do together anymore. It's just like, we're just doing the things. I know Ashlyn for you, one of the final kind of pieces that, that has made a big difference is for you to actually want Kobe to be him to step up and not, not for you to tell him who he should be or how he should be, but like to let go and let Kobe, and that's giving some trust back to him, Uh not micromanaging him. Yes. It's like, no, I, I want to know who you are. And ironically, we were just talking about this on group today. You'll, you'll like this Kobe. Um, I want this. This is what the betrayed wants. Just show me who you are. Right. And live your truth and be honest to me. And I use all this, like the wrong language for him. So he couldn't hear me. So I would just like, be honest. And he's like, what the heck do you mean? Like, this is me being honest. But in reality, when he started, like, what, like you said, where I'm like, okay, just be you and live your truth and don't do it for me. He was like, here's an example. I like KFC. (laughs) And I was like, Okay. <laughs> but he was so afraid to tell me that because yeah. I don't like KFC and it makes me sick. <laughs> so yeah, making yeah. you sick has got nothing to do with whether you like it or not. Are you kidding? Uh, like, I, but I, like, I, that's what I mean is like really little dumb things that I'm just saying, Hey, just show up as you don't protect me anymore. And you don't have to, we don't have to like the same things. And it's okay. Yes. He started, it was like, it started in these little funny ways. And then 
and he would be afraid. He'd say, I'm really afraid to say what my truth is. And then he'd say, and I was like, okay, like but, I but already Ashley, knew that. <laughs> but Ashton, for you, the counterfeit to recovery is that little bit of a feel good feeling of like, uh-huh. I can kind of control him. And yeah. I kind of like that. Yeah. And we're, we're on the same page on like everything. This is you, amazing. <laughs> not you really. liked that Ashlyn. I'm sure I did, but, but I mean, I don't think I went to bed rawr. every night. Like did my duty. I <laughs> controlled Kobe today. <laughs> she uh, didn't have to check the box. She just like, I know I did. <laughs> I got him. Yeah. By the short hairs. Yeah. So, KFC is amazing. It's, it's bad for you. So, but, so uh, you and Brandon, me, you can me. go to lunch and I will go Legs to the pancake house. Pretty please. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think again, um, I know that this is this is this is a pretty long one this episode, but I, but I think it's important that if you're if you're trying to like capture okay, so so what is this really? What are the counterfeits of recovery? I think you first need to evaluate the emotions, the feeling, not the not the emotions, but the feeling, the energy of recovery, as we described in the very beginning of the episode. And if you can't get to that place where you're feeling more peace, where you're feeling more confidence, where you're more curious, if you're not, if you're not any more skilled because you're just showing up, then let that be an indicator that, that you have to be able to um, commit to the, um, the way, like the life of recovery so yeah. that you can actually change from the inside versus just doing things that are visible on the outside without any alteration inward, inward. I, 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 I think that recovery there, there's one way to recovery and a lot of real recovery. And that's, that's just honesty is, mm-hmm. is when, when I, when I see a person get really honest with themselves, get out of denial, get honest with others, what happens is this weight is lifted off of their shoulders. Uh, this weight of shame, this weight of lies and manipulation that they're living in, and this this web that they're tangled up in that they're having a hard time figuring out how to get out of. And all of a sudden, when they when they face truth and they sit in truth and they're honest, all of that stuff goes away. And then other awesome things start to happen, like deep connection with their spouse and and connection with others and, and feeling purpose in their life and all kinds of other awesome stuff. So I hope this episode did two things, you guys. I hope if you're listening to it and you're thinking, oh my gosh, I've been doing the counterfeit, uh, check it, check that out. Maybe you are. There's a lot of people doing that. And that living the counterfeit might be a lot more comfortable for you than going for real recovery. I also hope that you've listened to this and you're not thinking about how your partner needs to change, but you, it has educated you some about where your partner's really at in their recovery and why you might be feeling a little bit crazy or out of control, or you don't, it seems like you should trust them, but you don't yet. Well, maybe this gave you some answers and, and helps you understand why you're not quite feeling that connection quite yet. Yeah. So I think what Brandon's not saying, or don't go tell your partner to listen to this episode because it's all about them. Exactly. <laughs> uh, well, hopefully that never happens with our episodes, but I think it does. <laughs> um, I, I hope that um, whoever, when you're listening to this, you can have some hope 
it's just a shift in priorities. It's a shift in mindset and to, to not look at it like recovery is a drag because living recovery is actually a lot easier, even though it seems harder. It's a very routine life with some flexibility. Yeah. Our, I mean, I would love to do a whole episode on how our friendships have changed. We have some of those beautiful, and we include you in that friendships that I wouldn't have had, had we not really just put ourselves in this circle of the best worst club ever. Yeah. Right. Yep. Last thought on this is for me, just reflecting of the frame of mind that I was in recovery was um, when I was engaged in the counterfeits, not knowingly, ignorantly so, but recovery was inconvenient. Mm. It wasn't uncomfortable. Yeah. And if, if it's inconvenient for you to go to a meeting, if it's inconvenient for you to, to get a sitter, to go to therapy, but you're not uncomfortable, then that can be an indicator that they, I need to um, reevaluate my efforts. I love that. Because, because if you're uncomfortable, you're not even thinking about the inconvenience of having to go to group or the inconvenience of having to do individual. But if you are uncomfortable, it's because you're stretching and you're growing and that discomfort yeah. Yeah. will not always be there. It will allow you to, grow. to be stretched and to grow. And if you're in that frame of mind, that I need to, I, I need, I can be uncomfortable and not run. That's going to be, there's going to be a corresponding energy that will develop you into the person that you actually really yeah. have always wanted to be. Kobe, and, that's just well said. I, I, uh, the counterfeits are life sucking mm. from you. Um, recovery is life giving. And it, it just, there's your quote right there. Well said. Yeah. There it is. We need so, to back it, but it's so that. true. So, guys, we so appreciate you being here. Please share this episode if you've heard something that has uplifted you, that has inspired you, that's caused you to think and pause and be curious. And in the end, just know that we get it. We've been there, and we know. And uh, we're just glad that you're here. If you haven't yet, pop over, rate, and review on the podcast app. We'd love to have you there. Um, to just share with us how you how you feeling and it just might be your review that we read for our next episode thanks guys Thank thanks guys peace out we'll see you